USA, 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 USA. Yes, World Junior Champions. Pay no attention to anything that's happening on in D- happening on. Well, going on in DC. The United States are World Junior Champions. Oh, that feels so good. Um, welcome to another episode of the Grit Per Sixty Podcast. 2021 edition. My name is Connor Farrell. You can call me TC and welcome to, well, first, and I'm joined from across the state. Everyone, uh, my name is Brendan, also known as TCJ. How's it going? Pretty good. I almost forgot to introduce you. It's uh, fine. Because it felt like a pretty smooth transition. Um, but yeah, welcome to a brand new start. Grit per 60, reloaded, reimagined. It's not that different. No, no. Not on the on? network. Not on the network anymore. Needed to, to take a step back, take a breather, watch hockey for ourselves, and not because we have to do two pods a week. And now we don't have to do that anymore. So we decided just have some fun with it so if you remember us from the hockey podcast network um welcome to our independent podcast the independent grit per 60 uh anyway so (laughs) the puck drops on the 2021 season i'm not going to refer to it as the 2020 2021 season it's the 2020 2021 season get over it we didn't we didn't do there what did we what did we call the 2013 season i i don't care what anyone else calls it i will always call it you just called it the 2013 season (laughs) we still call the 2012 2013 season to me it will always be the go on any website look up stats from that season what does it say i don't care I told you, I will always refer to it. Everyone else be damned. It was the 2013 season and the 2021 season. Actually, you know what? What's probably closer to the truth is we'll just end up calling it the uh, COVID season. Yeah. As a, you know, and then the lockout no, season. better. The mass mutual COVID NHL season. I like that you are assuming that we're only going to have one COVID season, so... I mean, I'm still optimistic that for the 2021-2022 season, things will get back to normal-ish. But yeah, so... I know things aren't trending in the right direction, but the, the vaccines are on their way. So Yeah, except we live in Florida. We're trying. Yeah. <laughs> Some of us are trying. All righty. So what I figure is in order to prevent this from going on for too long, we spend 10 minutes on each division. Okay. And we'll do picks and we'll just kind of talk about it for, for 10 minutes. Sure. Um, if we don't hit on your team of choice, uh, I'm sorry in advance. Cause they're not, they're not important. There are teams in this league that aren't important and I'm not going to apologize for that. Looking at you, the New York Islanders. I thought you were gonna go with the devils. Well, the devil's, We'll probably go ahead and talk about the Islanders. Um, Devils are bad. Probably won't talk too much about the Panthers or the... Oh, maybe a little bit, because they might be on that edge there. Um, but regardless, 10 minutes. So which division do you want to start with? 
I don't know. I wrote my predictions in order of East, Central, West, then North. But um, let's go with uh, let's go. Let's with let's. Oh, I was gonna say let's read this like a book and start in the West, on the on the left <laughs> side of the map, and then go to the right. Okay, you want to start with West? All right, I'm fine sure. with that. Uh, all, right. all right, resident, resident Pacific Division watcher. How do you see this division shaken up? Yeah, so the thing about this division, remember, this is nobody I, cares because it's the West. End the pod there. Go. No, I'm kidding. What do you? What, were remember, you, what are your predictions here? All right, so because these are new divisions, I'm just going to roll through them every time we do we start a new one. So we got Colorado, St. Louis, San Jose, Vegas, Arizona. Anaheim, Minnesota, and the LA Kings all in the, I think it's the Honda West division. I'm trying to remember all the dumb sponsors, but I think this division is probably the easiest one to predict because I think this is the one division where the top three teams pretty clearly have a a pretty good hold on those spots. And so for me, it's, I have Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis as locks. Mm Mm-hmm. But then fourth through eight is going to be a giant dumpster fire. Like this is the NFC East of yep. the NHL, sort of. Like we're going to look at that like, last spot and be like, like if there was no. This is this isn't the NFC East. This is the AFC East prior to this season. Sorry, no. I should I should with one good team and three crappy teams. I, I should I should recap. I should go back on that. The four through eight is the NFC East of the national hockey league this year because some team is going to make the playoffs this year that really shouldn't. And then they'll face Colorado or Vegas in the first round and it'll be over fairly quickly. Unless Vegas does a thing again where they can't finish in the playoffs because that was funny. (laughs) Not, not a very pro Vegas podcast here. No, no. All right. So you got, you got, you got Colorado at one. I have Colorado, Colorado at one, Vegas at two, St. Louis at three, and mm-hmm. then because I really don't have a clear preference for any of the remaining five teams, my homerism kicked in, and I put San Jose at four, then Arizona at five, Anaheim at six, Minnesota at seven, LA at eight. So I'm gonna focus. I'm gonna focus on the top four. Okay. And our first three are the same. First three are the same: Colorado, Vegas, St. Louis. And then I've got Minnesota. Don't ask me to justify that because I don't know. They just, I, I don't really know that much about the wild. They just seem to be very middle of the road every single season. And so if anybody's going to fill in that fourth spot, I think it's going to be them. But I initially had the Kings in that spot before I remember that the wild existed. Yeah. Well, the Kings being that high for you is interesting, but the thing with Minnesota is that I feel like they're pretty firmly stuck in neutral, but I feel that if given the opportunity, they'll lean towards rebuilding. So okay. like if they're in fifth or sixth come trade deadline time, are they really right. going to be the team to, you know, make additions? I don't think so. Probably not. But again, that still might be enough to make but, the, the playoffs in this division. Okay. But the other thing you have to remember is the only games you play are against divisional opponents. And to me, that means nobody's going to pull away in any of these divisions and you're always going to be in a playoff hunt. So I don't necessarily see too like, there are probably teams at the bottom of this division 
that I would say might be like 100% sellers were not going to make the playoffs this year um, type of teams. And I don't know if I see Minnesota as doing that. They might not buy, but I don't, I don't see them getting to the trade deadline and go, you know what, this isn't our year. And then not, not following through because I think pretty much everybody's going to be tight no matter what. Yeah, I, I don't know. I, I guess you just sort of have to pick like maybe a team that you think could steal the most games from the top three. Yeah. And if like, and at that point you might just be looking at just straight up goaltending. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I'm not Martin Jones, but in that case, I don't know if Minnesota is the team to, to pick. Cause I think Arizona would be that team. Hmm. I actually have Arizona pretty low. Just like Minnesota has the know. defense to do it, but I don't know if, you know, Cam Talbot or whatever is really the answer. Okay. So sell me, sell me on the sharks. Why are they going to make the playoffs? Well, I just feel like a lot of things just went wrong last year in ways that they, you know, might not have, they dropped a lot of points in winnable games or, you know, like for example, the sharks had a game last year against Washington where they scored an empty net goal and lost. So that happened. <laughs> Right, and, you know, and towards the second half of the year with, with Bob Bugner, they were a pretty middle-of-the-road team. They just couldn't finish, and then they also had a bunch of injuries. So now that everyone's had about a year off and everyone's healthy and you've got a somewhat manageable schedule outside of Colorado, Vegas, and St. Louis, you figure that there's room for them to come back and maybe make the playoffs this year. You know... Eric Carlson at, at full strength, hopefully, is really hard to argue against, along with guys like Brent Burns and Logan Couture and Timo Meyer and Tomas Hurdle. You know, so I, that makes it hard for me. I feel like there's the most talent there, but also the Sharks' depth is pretty bad, and their goaltending is – let's not talk about their goaltending. Yeah, I think for the Sharks to have success – Martin Jones is going to have to find something from his past this season. There are a lot of ifs with the Sharks. It's sort of like, yeah, I can see them making the playoffs if Eric Carlson stays healthy. If that's a huge if. Yeah. If, you know, Timo Meyer, Logan Couture, and Tomas Hurdle can carry the load offensively. And if Martin Jones and Devin Dubnik aren't catastrophically terrible, right? I can see them making the playoffs. But again, that's a lot of ifs. And especially since a lot of guys like Vlasic, Couture, and Burns are all over the age of 30, it's a little hard for you know people to bet on them. And I get it. Thoughts on Bob Bugner? I think he's a decent coach. I just don't think that coaching matters in the NHL unless you have really either like the top three coaches or the bottom three coaches. As someone who improved from... Who, as someone who watched a team go from Dave Haxtell to um, Elaine Vigneault, I'm going to say coaching matters. Listen, I, I just feel like a lot of coaching changers are just swapping up mediocre white dudes for mediocre white dudes. Well, I, but I think that says a lot more about how the NHL hires coaches than it does the impact that coaching can have on a team. I'm sorry. I should rephrase that. It's swapping out mediocre Canadian dudes for mediocre Canadian dudes, unless you hire Peter Laviolette, who is like the only like American <laughs> coach or whatever. I think but there are a couple of but... I still, 
I think there was a time when Peter Laviolette was good, but I don't think that time is now. Yeah, I was just specifying that he's not Canadian. Right. Well, yeah. So I have Colorado one and Vegas two. Is that what you have? Yep. That's what I have. Uh, why? Two. Why? Nathan McKinnon. Yeah. How do you, how do you bet against Nathan McKinnon, Miko Rantanen? I don't know. How do you bet against Mark Stone? Because you're, I'm rather I'd rather bet for Nathan McKinnon than for Mark Stone. That's fair. Um, but both uh, are really damn okay, good. Okay, here's here's the thing. If t- if Kale McCarr improves on last season, <sighs> look out. You know, like I don't know. I just Colorado just looks so exciting and so fun. Well, yeah, they have a stupid amount of depth, and everyone on that team is like below the age of thirty. So, ah, oh, that's. You know, I'm probably not going to watch too many of their games because they're late. But that could be that watching eight games of Colorado Vegas would that sounds like a lot of fun. Um, if it's on a weekend and it starts maybe not at ten thirty, maybe it starts at nine or something, I might watch that. Um, all times Eastern. Um, but yeah, everything about that team is is unfair, and I get Colorado <laughs> and I, I I get Vegas. Vegas is a little weird to me in that they didn't really address their big problem in the postseason, no. which was that they couldn't finish. And well, then their, they, their big move was acquiring another defenseman. Another defenseman. And in order to make that acquisition, they had to get rid of a defenseman. And, and I guess that's my big... Yeah. Well, yeah. I, I just... I guess that's my big hang-up with Vegas and why I wouldn't pick them to win the division is this... I mean, they've, they're slowly shedding the pieces that made that first night's team special is they're, they're losing guys that like, like I feel like they changed out half of their rosters from three years ago. All right. Well, that is time for the oh. West division. Wow. Okay. We are on, we are on a schedule here. Yeah. I, it, it's like PTI. Like when you're, when you're done as, talking, when time runs out, I'm like, okay, we're good. As, as, as my Midwestern friends like to say, Keep her moving. All right. Which division you want to do next? Uh, let's do Central. Okay. Central. Uh, all right. Go. I got Carolina, Tampa, CBJ, Dallas. Those are my four playoff teams. And then I've got Nashville, Florida, Chicago, and Detroit. I'm interested in your Carolina over Tampa argument okay all right so it goes like this tampa bay will be without their best score for the season carolina is not carolina has depth this is maybe the year that carolina's um metrics finally click right if they can get the goaltending if they can get the goaltending and they can get the scoring, they got it. To me, you know, it, if Kucherov was healthy, Tampa for sure. Kucherov's not healthy. This looks more 50-50. Am I saying that Carolina is a better team than Tampa? No, but I kind of want to see this happen. Like, this is another one where eight games, eight games of Carolina-Tampa? 
that's so much speed. Do you know how fast that game is going to, like, we're, we're going to get 2016 playoff flashbacks between <laughs> the Lightning and the Penguins type speed. Like, that's going to be so much fun. Um, but I can only see either one of those teams. I, I am I'm more or less picking Carolina over Tampa for the spiciness. Um, but I think I think losing Kudrov is, is huge for Tampa. Yeah, so Tampa's in the weird spot where they lost Kucherov, which is obviously a big deal. But them being able to put him on long-term IR also lets them keep like all of their depth from last year. And you saw they won a Stanley Cup basically without Steven Stamkos. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're not used to winning without a key player. That's fair. I'm keeping my prediction the way it is. I just find it very hard to to bet against Tampa Bay. Yeah. So I have Tampa Bay, Carolina, Dallas, and Nashville in the playoffs. I was debating between Nashville and Columbus. I'm not sold on Nashville. Yeah, I know. I just, I don't know. That was partially just kind of spicy. But also there's a little bit of uncertainty uh, for me with Columbus because Pierre-Luc Dubois wants out. Mm. And I don't know what that situation is going to be like. So, so I understand those concerns. Here's why I've got CBJ at third. I don't. They don't have a whole lot of talent, but I could see. I could see this being a lot like what we saw in the bubble, where teams that are very defensively structured do very well, at least in the beginning. Um, and I think that might give them a boost because we saw how difficult they can be in the bubble. We saw how difficult it can be to play against a John Tortorella team. And they can give some. They do have players. They have good players, right? It's not like, not like they they don't have talent. Um, but Didn't you just say that they don't have talent? Like five seconds. They ago? don't have talent. Well, I'm contradicting myself. Yeah, they don't have. They don't have. They don't have top end talent. They don't have to- all stars. They they um, have guys, but they don't have dudes. They have guys. They have guys that a coach like John Tortorella can make better. Got it. Then if than if they were playing with um, an average or uh, mediocre Canadian head coach. Oh, yeah, that's another American coach, right? I think so. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. But, uh, yeah, so, I don't know. With Nashville, I, I just like their defenseman. I, maybe maybe yeah. I just have a defenseman bias between them and San Jose, but it's hard for me to bet against Roman Yossi and Ryan Ellis and Matias Ackholm. You know, mm-hmm. I'm not a fan of Nashville's forward group, but when you combine their defensemen and you know the, the fact that they have actual goaltending, you know they they can steal a few games here and there. So, hey, maybe Nashville goes back to the playoffs instead of kind of like limping through the year like they did last year. <sighs> I don't know. I'm I'm not really super excited for that race for that fourth spot. <laughs> Eh. but I feel like the bottom two teams, Chicago and Detroit, I feel like that's the race for the number one pick there. Like those two teams are bad and they should feel bad. Like Detroit is just awful and it's not really gonna get much better this year. 
And Chicago doesn't have any goaltending or centers. So I don't know what they're going to do. Right. Yeah, they're going to be both of those teams. I don't know. Neither team is great. I mean, Chicago, I think, has more upside. But... I mean, they yeah, they have, you know, Patrick Kane. But it's just, like, look, they're moving on from Corey Crawford, who just retired today, by the way. I got that. I get it. But they just were like, eh, we're not going to do anything to address the goaltending position. We're just going to roll with what we have. And it's like, you kind of can't do that when I legitimately have to Google who your two goaltenders are. Well, they can always call that banker that played for them uh, two years ago. I forget his name now. You mean the all-time leader in save percentage? Yes. Yes. The the guy who should challenge David Ayers at the All-Star game. Yeah. For the ultimate for the ultimate e-bug. But yeah, those two teams are gonna be trash. And I feel pretty confident in that. Mm-hmm. Okay, so oh, what... um Scott Foster. Oh, Scott Foster, that of dude. course. How could I forget? Yep. Scott Foster, the legend. All right, what do you what do you got? What do you got on Dallas? What do I have on Dallas? Um, I mean, Dallas? obviously, they made it to the Stanley Cup Finals last year. Um, Little by, Joe. Yeah, well, no one's called Joe Pavelski Little Joe in like 10 years. <laughs> I just did. Yeah, and you're like the only person. <laughs> my one worry, I guess I have two worries for them, is that, you know, they do kind of have a case of the old. They got a bunch of old dudes. Granted, they didn't keep Corey Perry, but, I mean, they still got some old dudes. And also, I'm just not entirely sold on their offense. Like, all of a sudden, last year in, in the in the bubble, they were just able to start scoring goals when they were honestly pretty boring during the regular season. So I don't know if they can repeat that. Do we, do we know if it's going to be Ben Bishop or Hudobin to start? Uh, I do not know. Um, I had a thought. Oh, I mean, for me, I think for Dallas to be successful, they have to find they have to find some rhythm for Jamie Ben and Tyler Sagan. You know, like we didn't see a whole lot from them last season. Right? The scoring came from Haskinen. Yeah. You know? Um, and I think a lot of their well, and a lot of their success in the bowl came from Kudobin stepping in. Massive. I forgot to I totally forgot about this, but I, I Ben Bishop and Tyler Sagan had off season surgery and they'll be out for a while. Ooh. It's been such a long off season. I, I it is totally forgot about that. It's a weird off season. So yeah. Well, if, if they if those two are going to miss time, or even if they are on time and have to get back into the swing of things, that that could be that could be difficult to deal with if you have to play eight games against Carolina, Tampa, um, and Columbus. Florida is not going to be well. Maybe they will be. I was going to say Florida is not going to be too difficult, or Florida is not going to be too, um, too easy of competition. But maybe they will be. I don't know. I don't really understand what's going on down there in Sunrise. I don't think anyone does, to be honest. They they're kind of stuck. They've got 
some decent pieces, but they have no depth and they've got a goalie on a really bad contract. But they've got two good goalie prospects in the pipeline, as we saw at the World Juniors. Alrighty, that's time. Brilliant. Okay. Um, do, you want to do, do you want to do Canada or do you want to do uh, the RNG division? Let's do Canada last because Canada, if look, if Canada had won the World Juniors, maybe we'd have done them first, but they lost. So we do them last. Ooh. You know, there's that last barrel, if you know what I'm saying. <laughs> oh. The it's biggest reason why can. that's the, the biggest reason that's funny is because of how mad they got on Twitter. Yeah, well, I mean, in fairness, it looks it does look it does look kind like, of a, like trash a trash can. can. It, people, I've heard people say that's obviously not a trash can. I'm like that that could definitely be a trash can. Oh yeah, as if you didn't look at that in the first place and go that could be a trash can. All right, so go. I've got Philly. Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh. Those are my four playoff teams. And then I've got the Islanders, the Rangers, Buffalo, and New Jersey. So don't kill me. First of all, you're a lot higher on Philly than I am. Yes. And second of all, I have no idea what to do with this division when it comes to like the top, I don't know, five teams. I have Boston, Washington, Pittsburgh, Philadelphia, New York, uh, the Islanders, I mean, <laughs> Buffalo, New Jersey, and then the other New York. So we, we we both have the Islanders missing the playoffs. Yeah, but the Islanders do this thing every year that they've had Barry Trotz where I go, I don't really think that they'll make the playoffs, right? Like their advanced numbers aren't that great. And how many years in a row can they really depend on goaltending? And the next thing you know, the Islanders win like, you know, 10 games in a row where they get points in the first like 15 of their 20 games or something. And then come playoff time, they're like second or first in the division. And it's just like, I still don't understand how this works. But, and and th th this could be another case of maybe I'm arguing against myself here um, because this could be very much a case of how I think um, Columbus is going to play, right? Where they might get early on the benefit of easier to play a disruptive brand of hockey than a creative brand of hockey, um, particularly with Barry Trotz back there. Um, so maybe this goes against the points that I was making earlier, but I just, man, there's so many good teams in this division. I, I can't see a team that still has Sidney Crosby and Evgeny Malkin missing the playoffs. I can't see a team that still has Ovechkin and Backstrom missing the playoffs. Boston has the perfection line and the Flyers have 13 good forwards. Like, can we boot a team from the East Division or the or whatever Central? Sorry, the Central or the West Division, and then just put another sure. team in this division. Like, yeah, that, there's no, I mean, there's, there's no reason that the fifth team in this division should miss the playoffs. <laughs> this is, I mean, this is where we are. And if, and what happens if the Rangers look better than they did last year? If those, all those young players on the Rangers look really good. But I feel, I don't know, man. The, the difficult part with me is the Islanders because I am admitting right. that I will be wrong when I say that they'll miss the playoffs. Oh, for sure. But, but it's just I just, hard. <laughs> I, 
I could maybe see Washington dropping out if the Islanders, if the Islanders get in. Yeah, I just... Uh, I don't know. This division's rough. I feel I feel Boston is pretty comfortable. I like I like putting Boston at one, and then yeah. I, I know I know I Boston know. has I know Boston has some injuries, um, but I think at least one of those injuries is maybe ready in time for the season. I forget which one though. But yeah, um, it's it's a difficult puzzle to figure out. Certainly. So do you do you want to know why I'm so high on the Flyers? I mean, I know why you're high on the Flyers, but you, you can it's go we're into good. it. It's because we're good. Um, so the Flyers, boom, top line. Couturier, that's all you need to know. Couturier, elite 1C Selkie Trophy winner, Sean Couturier on the top line. Boom. Uh, projected lines right now have um, Drew playing on the second line with Kevin Hayes and uh, Joel Farabee, which... That's a spicy meatball. Third line uh, has James Van Riemsdyk, Nolan Patrick, and um, Jake Voracek. So that's about $15 million AAV on our third line, which sounds like a bad thing, but if, if all goes to plans. Basically, take that Flyers team that we saw in the bubble and throw Oscar Lindblom and Nolan Patrick into that lineup. And what do you got? You got a Stanley Cup winning team. I guess my concerns with Philly is, is Kevin Hayes second line center? Yes. And is Nolan Patrick a third line center? Yes. I get Those are my From questions. From what I've seen last year, both the answer to the both, well, I shouldn't say last year because Nolan Patrick, yeah. Um, clearly I think Kevin Hayes fits into that second line center role because he was tremendous last season. Um, and we, we don't need him to necessarily be an all-star, but I think he can play, you know, 12, 13 minutes a night, 15 minutes a night and be good, be pretty good. As long as we don't have to match him up against the other team's best players, which we won't have to necessarily because we could throw Sean Couturier against anybody's best line. I think he's fine in that second line center role. At least he looked really good in that role last year. He's got good chemistry with his team and his line mates in particular. Nolan Patrick, I think, is a much bigger question mark because we haven't seen him play hockey in over a calendar year. But I think, you know, third line center is not... I don't think that those expectations are too high from the guy that we've seen at least have flashes of looking really good. You know, he might not have the consistency yet, but that's probably because he's, what, 21, 22. You good? Yeah, I'm good. Is that, is that, that everything you wanted to say on the uh, on the Flyers? That, yeah, sure. Cool. Oh, yeah. also Carter Hart. Thank you very much. Yeah. It's legitimately unfair to have a franchise goaltender at the age of, what, like 20, 21? I think he just turned like 22 or something. Ooh. Meanwhile, like most guys don't start in the NHL until they're like 25, 26. Right. Yeah, it's 22, turned 22 in August. I'm turned interested 20. in in the Penguins because, I mean, obviously they have a lot of talent, like top high-end talent between, you know, Sid and they get Jake Gensel back finally. You got 
Evgeny Malkin, and then you know, Brian Russ had a breakout year last year, and Jason Zucker is a very good two-way player. And then obviously Chris Letang and John Marino on the back end. Yeah. yeah. And here's the thing. Every year we say, oh, these guys, they, they're going to they, they're gonna, they're gonna start aging soon. Right. Crosby doesn't look like he's aged at all. Crosby still looks like 21 in the face and is still has like the body of a 26 year old, at least as far as like athletic ability that as far as I can see. Right. Um, no signs of slowing down. None of those like Malkin, maybe. So it's a little bit of aging. Chris Letang might have a lip, but like they're still playing at it, it elite levels. That's to me is what is amazing. I don't know what's in the water in Pittsburgh or whoever their dietitian is like, but these players are still playing like they're in their prime. It's weird. Yeah, but the only problem with the Penguins is that depth is terrifyingly bad. Mm. I mean, they added Cody CC. I mean, they got rid of Jack Johnson and then added Cody Cody CC. Like, how do you do that to yourself? Also, Jack but Johnson it is an upgrade. Also, Jack Johnson with the Rangers is the reason why I have them in last. Well, have you have you seen the rest of that blue line in the Rangers? I'm interested in what Buffalo does because signing Taylor Hall for a year was obviously like a we're competing now move, but they're stuck in a division of death. Right. One more thing that I was going to talk about with the pit with the Penguins, and then we can talk about Buffalo. Uh, don't sleep on Brian Rust. Brian Rust, you're talking about his, the Penguins' depth. Depth. Um, Brian Rust, very good player. Sorry. Continue. Buffalo. Yeah, I mean, I liked them adding Eric Stahl, and I liked them adding Taylor mm-hmm. Hall. I didn't mean for that to rhyme, but it's just like, I don't know how that team competes in that division. And then right. ultimately, I don't know how they keep Taylor Hall, because I don't think, like, even if they keep him through the trade deadline with hopes that they'll be able to keep him, keep him. I don't think if Buffalo misses the playoffs, Taylor Hall goes, yes, I would like to spend the rest of my career with Buffalo. With, yeah. What if, what if Taylor Hall just does like one year contracts for the rest of his life and like hops from playoff contender to playoff contender every And season? makes them miss the playoffs every year. Make them the reverse Marion Hosa. Or you know what you do? You sign Taylor Hall to a one-year contract and then trade, well, I think you'd probably have to be in a situation like you get like the Sharks first-round pick and then you sign Taylor Hall to a one-year contract and then you win the draft lottery. All right, that's time. (laughs) I bring up the Sharks first-round pick and he goes, nope, no time for that. Yeah, no, the Sharks aren't trading their first-round pick this year. All right. This year. Well, we already made that mistake last year. Out. We're not trading it again. Hear me out. The Sharks trade their first round pick in order to acquire more third and fourth round draft picks where they make, where they find no name players and turn them into NHL. Okay. One last note before prospects. we move on to the next division. Hear me out. Jim Rutherford said something like, in the future, we want to add someone through free agency. Taylor Hall, one year contract in Pittsburgh next year. Book it. It's going to happen. It, 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 it could. It could happen. It could happen. Um, the problem with that is, does I don't think Taylor Hall has any history with uh, that GM. 
Yeah, but he doesn't have. I mean, did he have any history? Oh, he had um history with Rob well, Kruger when he well, was. But in I, I was just, I was just saying, Jim Rutherford likes players that he knows. Uh yes, he has not been previously acquired or traded yeah, not- by Jim Rutherford. Jim yeah. Rutherford. Okay, fair. Alrighty, um, last division, go Canada, Toronto, Montreal, Edmonton, Winnipeg. Those are my four playoff teams. And then Calgary, Vancouver, and Ottawa all miss. I have Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, Calgary, Winnipeg, Edmonton, and Ottawa. So I have Wait. Toronto, Montreal, Vancouver, and, and Calgary all making the playoffs. Ooh. Okay. I am Sell me on unsure Calgary. about all of this. Um, I can't because I hate this division. <laughs> and at some point, you just got to just randomly pick teams. Uh, well, you're over here's there, you're over there rolling dice. Here's my argument. Okay, uh, Vancouver was a playoff team last year. Uh, mm-hmm. Calgary picked up a bunch of pieces from Vancouver. Therefore, Calgary will be a playoff team this year. <laughs> I'm not mad at it. In actuality, I was just like, I don't know if I can have Johnny Goudreau, Sean Monahan, and Mark Giordano outside of the playoffs. Hmm. That's just that's probably a much better argument than I was going to make. In hindsight, though, I don't really know why I have Vancouver third, considering the logic I just told you about why Calgary's going to make the playoffs. Oh, yeah. What, wait, um, Vancouver third? But I just like Elias Patterson a lot. So we're going to go with that. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. Wait, so you have you have Toronto. Vancouver's third. Montreal second. Montreal second. Okay. So no no, Ed, I just have, no Edmonton and no Winnipeg. I just have too many questions about Edmonton and Winnipeg. And then Ottawa's obviously garbage. Okay, but have you considered A Connor Hellebuck? B Connor McDavid. Have you considered the Connors? Yes, but I also considered the rest of their teams, and that's what made me Okay. Them. But McDavid and Drysdale have at least three NHL caliber defensemen on their team now, and that's really all you need to at least make the playoffs. You've got McDavid, Drysdale, and three NHL caliber defensemen. That's it. That's the recipe for success there, and I think that's enough, particularly in this division. And then Winnipeg just has Connor Hellebuck and. If you've got Connor Hellebuck as your goalie, and you can score a little bit as they can, I think you're in, particularly in this division. That's my argument for those two teams. I will not be taking questions at this time. My problem, though, is what if Connor Hellebuck regresses and Winnipeg had legitimately one of the worst advanced numbers of any playoff team i've ever seen really so if hellbuck takes a step back and their defensive improvements quote unquote aren't there i think it's very difficult for them to make the playoffs but things are gonna be really close in that division i would not be surprised if someone misses the playoffs by like a point or some dumb tiebreaker have you considered top pairing defenseman tucker pullman Yes, and that's precisely why I booted them. <laughs> All right. Have you considered NHL defenseman Vila Hainala? 
I have, but how much trust do you have in Paul Maurice to give him a lot of minutes? Fair. Fair. He's gonna get he's gonna get the nine or he's gonna get the what is it, nine games for the before they burn a year of his rookie ELC. I don't know if, I don't think I don't think them. they can do that again. Oh, can they not? Yeah. I don't think yeah. so. I don't know how that all that stuff works, to be quite honest. So But have you considered <sighs> top line winger Nikolai Ellers? That's fair. You mean Nikolai Ellers, who is actually the best forward on that team? <laughs> well, that Nikolai Ellers? That, that, that's the one. The so, candy-loving, um, nerds-eating... Are, are we really counting Tic Tacs as candy? Were they Tic Tacs? They were Tic Tacs. they were nerds. Like... No, maybe they're not. Maybe it's not candy. Well, if it's the orange flavored ones, those are pretty much candy. Yeah, but also, like, if you think of candy, are you really thinking about Tic Tacs? No. Exactly. So we both have Toronto at one. Do you want to talk about it? Um. Yeah. I mean, it's a lot of. I mean, the top end talent, right? You got. Oh, I'm drawing blanks now. Uh, John, John Tavares, right? Austin Matthews, right? Mitch Marner. You got all that, all that talent there. Th- this is th- probably the team in this division that has the fewest question marks. Um, the biggest thing that I would look for in this team is, is Freddie Anderson the real deal? Right? We've seen seasons where Freddie Anderson has looked good. We've seen seasons where he's looked kind of okay. Um, and the other thing is, did the changes that they made on defense, did that actually improve them, right? Did getting rid of Kapanen and bringing in, I forget who they brought in now, um, bringing in those other defensemen, did that upgrade this team? I mean, uh, TJ Brody? TJ Brody, yes. I would say probably. Yeah, I mean, it helps that they have an actual right-handed defenseman this year as opposed to whatever Tyson Berry was last year. Yeah. And again, like, it's hard to be like well i don't know the team that has austin matthews john tavares and william nylander and mitch marner you know i don't know i I don't know if they can make the playoffs right yeah i mean when the when the bar is right the other teams we were talking about making the playoffs the bar is well have two superstars and three nhl defensemen like this division isn't isn't that hard also since we're talking about toronto i have to talk about my boy for a little bit can we talk about how oh, yeah. apparently Joe Thornton has been playing on the top line as a winger for Toronto? Oh, I love it. Oh, I love it. Like th- that and the fact that Joe Thornton might be on their top power play unit. I just like the idea of Joe Thornton just slinging like no look passes to, to Austin Matthews all the time or something. He's he's doing like billiard shots off the boards. I mean, I'll be crying like the whole time, but it'll be beautiful. <laughs> and you can you can watch him... Um, in Eastern Standard Time without having to stay up past midnight. Listen, a couple of years ago when John Tavares was a free agent and I was thinking, I just want to see him play with Joe Thornton. This was not how I oh. wanted that to play out. <laughs> oh, I'm so sorry. So, yeah. What if at the deadline, the, the Sharks send Patrick Marlowe back to Toronto? <laughs> <laughs> what, what, what do you think? Hmm. All right. What do you, what do you think the Maple Leafs give up? I don't know. For Patrick listen, Marlo? listen. The only reason why Patrick Marlowe is is in San Jose right now is to get the game's played record as a shark and then get shipped out at the deadline to a team that's going to win the cup. 
but anyway, enough of, with my sharks related diversions. I, I just don't know about this division. Can we can we dunk on the Oilers for a little bit? I like dunking on the Oilers. Sure. Well, I have them in a playoff spot, so that's why I was defending them earlier. What do you what do you want to dunk on the Oilers for? I mean, aside from maybe the Los Angeles Angels, I don't know if there is a and I guess the Houston Texans. I don't know if there's another team in North American sports that is as bad at surrounding their super duper star player with actual talent than the Edmonton Oilers. I think you got to go with Edmonton over like the Angels or the Texans, giving just how much like draft capital the Oilers have had over the years and absolutely not taking advantage of it. Yeah, you had Connor McDavid on an entry level contract and made the playoffs once. Yeah, exactly. Think about that. Well, I guess technically twice because last year. Oh. But I mean, they got. Okay, they went on one run i guess you would call it yeah they I mean they got booted by the 12 seed last year yikes oof well <laughs> that was that was that was a ridiculous series as far as five game series goes there was no defense no goaltending just goals yeah that was like the most beautiful chaotic disaster that i ever oh. saw and like that was what i was promised and that's what i got it so, like, I'm okay with that. This is exactly the type of series you look for when the NHL says, come, when the NHL comes up with a nonsensical format for the playoffs, that's the kind of nonsense you get in return. Oh, that is time. Oh, I heard the jingle that time. And then just one last thing uh, Ottawa is bad. So, and that's all the time we have for you today. Brennan, do you want to go ahead and sign us off after you drink water? <laughs> yeah, so don't forget to follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, at GridPer60Pod. And don't forget to, you know, do things like leave a nice review on iTunes or whatever. And I, I almost really wanted to say like and subscribe or something, but I'm not going to do that. So once again, thank you for listening and have a good one.